Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. I speak today to Jorge Romero Monroy, who's the CEO of Reina Silver. They're TSXV listed explorer and developer with assets in Mexico. They're one of the better silver stories we've spoken to recently. And if you want to get our thoughts and opinions on the conversation, the company and the projects, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. We can also get company reports. You can get analysis from market experts from around the world. You can also find uh, training videos, uh, summaries of other interviews that we've done. And of course, there's a thriving community of investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other on there. And if you go there now, you can sign up for the waitlist to get early access. Or hey, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Good to see you. How are you? Yeah, not bad. I haven't seen you since uh, Cracky London, maybe a couple of years ago. Some... A couple of years ago when you could actually travel and go to places. I easily. remember it. I remember <laughs> it well. I remember it fondly. Um, so how are you? Where in the world are you? I'm actually at the moment in Hong Kong. I've uh, been here for about for about six months since um, since the, the COVID crisis began. I typically spend uh, half the year in Canada and Mexico. So I would have, uh, I missed it for the first time in, I don't know, 10 years. I missed uh, summer there. So it's uh, been a bit of an adjustment, uh, a lot of late nights, a lot of uh, calls, but you know, you, it has, uh, it has uh, had some, some benefits as well, just in terms of, you know, not having as much travel as one is used to. So it's uh, it's been an interesting six months. It has. And, and as we were uh, talking before we started, the you know precious metals, uh, you know, having a healthy run has also <laughs> helped. Uh, you know, with the inconveniences of not being able to to travel. Yeah, that's for sure. I, th- I think uh, precious metal uh, CEOs all seem to be smiling these days. Um, but you're, gonna, you're here to tell us uh, today about uh, Reina Silver, which um, you kind of yes. kicked off in the start of the year. So why don't you kick off, give us a one minute uh, overview. Yeah. I'll pick well, it up from there. So Reina Silver is a company that, that I started in 2017. And really what I was looking for was, you know, a high grade silver that has district scale potential. And we did a deal with Max Silver where they gave us two of their original assets from their IPO, which they hadn't had the bandwidth to move forward. And we put them into a private company and, and we just went public in, in, in July of this year, in June this year, sorry. And you know our philosophy is high grade silver with the potential for, for district scale, exploring with uh, probably one of the most successful exploration teams in, in, in Mexico over the, over the past uh, couple of decades. And, you know, with a very, very focused, very strong focus on, on exploration. Yeah, okay, okay, Th- thanks, thanks for summary. Can we just um, deal with some of the outliers there? Because obviously there's a yes. strong relationship with Mag Silver. You, you got the kind of yes. first two assets off of them and you, you stay private for a while. You've also got Peter McGaw, uh, as a technical advisor here, and yep. also there because of the uh, assets, I suspect you know have been a big shareholder of yours too. So, can you just explain that relationship for us? Absolutely, absolutely. So, so Max Silver, I, I've had a relationship with them for for a number of years. In uh, you know the especially, at, you know because we're based in Asia. Uh, they, you know, they've had these projects actually from, from, from a long time uh, since they went public. However, 
their main project Guanicipio has consumed all their focus, all their capital. And they wanted to initially, they were looking for potentially for a JV partner for these assets. And so I had, um, with some of my connections here in Asia, I had a group that was very interested in, in what is now our flagship asset called Gigi. So I took them to Mexico, must have been 2017 or maybe 16. And as you know, Asians take a long time to make decisions, but they were really interested in the asset. So I, I spoke to the CEO of Max Siller and said, look, what do you think if, if I personally, you know, put the assets into a private company, I'll fund the company myself until um, at, the, at the time you have to remember silver was not very attractive. Really nobody wanted to hear about silver. It, it was, um, it was something that I actually thought was quite interesting because, you know, as bad as it ever got with gold, you know, there's always been somebody who wanted to, to invest in gold. There were, yes, there was a, maybe a few months uh, here and there where gold uh, was, uh, you know, below production cost. But when it comes to silver, we're really coming out of a decade where, you know, for the majority of those years, silver has been uh, at a loss. So with that, you know, Max Silver at the time was very focused on getting their project financed and, and into feasibility. And then, you know, uh, they're now maybe a few months away from going to production. But at the time, they were really trying to conserve their cash position. So I spoke to, to Peter McGaugh, who's one of the founders of Max Silver, and I sensed the, his incredible enthusiasm for these projects that he had generated and he had you know, taken to Max Silver when he became public. And really these projects had never had an opportunity to be explored in a systematic and dedicated way. So the agreement with, with Mag was we put the two assets into a private company and then Mag had a free carry up until we went uh, public. So we were private for, um, for the better part of maybe, I think almost two years. And during that time, I personally funded the company, uh, doing very little exploration, more than anything, just uh, the elementary stuff to, to understand the assets a little bit better. It was really all with uh, my own money, so I had limited resources to, to get this uh, off the ground. And then last summer, summer of 2019, I saw an opportunity where the markets were a little more receptive uh, on silver. And then we raised this very small seed round that really allow us to finance uh, the company into into going public, which you know I nothing prepares you to how difficult and tedious and expensive it is to take a company public. Uh, but you know we we were very lucky to to close our our financing just uh, before COVID became a sort of you know that that crash that happened in March, and then we went public in in June at a time where silver was really on the rise. You know we went public when silver was maybe. $15. And we were able to raise $6.5 million in, on, our, on our RTO round, which was uh, more than we uh, had expected we were going to be able to raise. And we were quite happy with that cash position. Then what happened was our share price went up um, quite a bit. And um, there was an opportunity of acquiring a property that was actually very important for our flagship asset because uh, the geophysics showed a very strong anomaly that bled from our property to the neighbor. So we took an option on that property, which um, you know it was something that Max Silver had been chasing for for many years. And part of the reason why they had not spent a lot of money exploring this asset, they really wanted to have the land package complete. Because the last thing you want is you make a discovery and then you know half of the deposit is in land that you don't own. So that was actually a big achievement for us. On the back of that acquisition, we went to raise uh, four million dollars, 
that uh, and you know the again like something that was very surprising for me is the demand was uh, tremendous. We went for four million dollars. We got offered you know, probably close to twelve to fifteen. Um, discussing with the board, we decided to take seven, um, and then we left a, a lot of money on the table, which um, I think in turn started going into the market, and that's why you have seen our stock have such a strong uh, trading volume over the time since we went public. Okay, so like, before you tell me the story, the whole story in one one breath, I want to I just want to dig down and be able to kind of compartmentalize stuff for people at home, so understand who all the players are on the moving parts, if you don't mind. Um, so j yeah. just stick, let's stick with Mike Silver here. So you've got Peter McGill on there as a technical advisor because he made those discoveries for Mike Silver. And Mike Silver, as everyone understands, you know, billion dollar plus uh, company working with Fresneo. Great, great story. Everyone likes him. So by association. It's, it's good news for you, but I want to understand the relationship. So what is yeah, Peter okay. actually doing for you on a day-to-day -day basis? So, so Peter is a technical advisor and his commitment to Reina Silver is about 15% of his time. What it looks like, I think it's uh, the commitment in terms of days is uh, five days a month. And what it looks like in practical terms, he spends about an hour or two a day uh, on Reina Silver. And we have a team uh, that's full-time that's a team that actually has done their whole career with Peter and with Max Silver. So two, two geologists, uh, uh, Rene Ramirez, who's an exploration manager, and uh, Manuel uh, Gomez, who's uh, another exploration manager. Both of them have been with Peter actually since, the, I think since the late 80s. And, um, you know, they're on their own right, experts in, in the kind of deposits that we have. Specifically on these deposits, they've been involved in every uh, drill campaign that ha Max Silver ever did. But they've also been involved with everything that Max Silver has done exploration-wise. And um, so those two gentlemen are full-time with us. Right. We so so they're, work, they're working with Peter on, you know, on a week-by-week week by week basis, the five, five days a month sort of stuff. Okay. Exactly. And, and, and again, just let's finish off on, on Max Silver. So Max Silver have been you know, a significant shareholder. They've been selling down recently. Is yeah. that in agreement with you? I mean, what, what was the point of that? Yeah. So, so the... the um, you know, the, I mean, uh, Max Silver, the, the um, you know, like the, obviously they're very supportive of the company. And these are two assets that the, the reason they were willing to do a, a deal with us that was purely based on shares was the fact that they wanted to have exposure to our upside. And, you know, they obviously like the assets a lot. They didn't want to just sell them for, for cash. And, um, you know, they did the deal that we have with them. Actually, the majority of their shares are locked up for, I think it's a year and a half. However, there was something like 20% uh, that was free trading. And so they did call me and explain to me that they wanted to sell some of that uh, position down. However, they, they're, what they explained to me was, you know, Maxilver is going to go through a big transformation next year when they become a massive uh, cash cow. In the meantime, they want to be conservative with their cash position. So the um, I think they'll start production um, sometime early to middle of next year. And between now and then, I think the what the CEO of Maxilver explained to me was that they wanted to be conservative with their cash. However, he assured me they supportive of Rena Silver. They intend to keep the position they have. And, um, you know, again, like they, they've, uh, in all fairness, been extremely supportive in, in every way. You know, from from getting the company off the ground to um, 
to giving us uh, a tremendous, uh, you know, uh, support in, in allowing Peter to be part of, of and you know, and and the, the team of geologists in Mexico to be part of, of what we're doing. Okay. So the the relationship, I, I would say, you know, when we originally uh, did the deal, it was such a different market, and and the frame of mind was very different. And then uh, I think now it is a company that's changing very quickly, uh, you know, and, and once uh, the cash flow starts um, uh, coming into the company, I think they, they'll take a broader look at how they approach exploration and, and, and what they can do with us. Now, our market cap also has uh, gone up uh, tremendously, a lot more than we had, uh, frankly speaking, expected in such a short period of time. So I think uh, that you know, naturally, if they see an opportunity to, to um, you know, to recover some of the investment, they've, they invested about uh, 15 million Canadian dollars into the two properties that we have. So in order for us to um, to have been the beneficiaries of, of these uh, work, that's how much they yeah. uh, spent. Like, Jorge, like, I, 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 we are going to come on and talk about it. I think you, you've done some great things, but yeah. I want to deal with this because it was seems to be a significant proportion of the... Um, the conversation going on out in the marketplace, yeah. the way that that perhaps could have been better explained to the market. I know it's no one's business, but Mag Silver and Mag Silver shareholders, what they do, you know, they don't yeah. owe you an explanation, I, I guess. But I, I do buy their explanation, uh, whether it's yeah. true or whether it's not, it, it sounds reasonable, right? Um, but for you guys, I think it perhaps caused you a problem. Perhaps, you know, there's a bit of a knock on in, in, in the share price. Yeah. But the way you've explained it, that would have been good for your shareholders to try and understand or you know be, yeah. be explained to so um so that's why i asked because there's a lot of no, people right. asking us it, right a, no and i get that question all the time and you know i've been trying to be as open as i can in the um you know we've had a lot of um, webinars and participating in the conference and, and that's pretty much been the first question that comes up Absolutely. It, the, 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 the question is, does Mag Silver know something that we don't, that you yeah. don't, that, you yeah. know, and the answer you're saying is no. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think the answer is, is no, unless they haven't <laughs> told me either. <laughs> but to be honest, like, they're, I mean, they're very serious people. They're, um, you know, I think, I think Mag Silver uh, good people. also, and also keep in mind, like Peter is, is putting his reputation on the line here. I think that's also very important to, to know. He, he is very, very uh, involved with the company, uh, obviously time-wise, but I think, uh, you know, the, these projects mean a lot to him. Just to, to give you a sense, he, he put them together, you know, probably is the work of, uh, in the terms of, of our flagship plastic gigi, probably the work of, uh, you know, uh, 10, 15 years before uh, it went into Max Silver. And, it, it, you know, I'll, I'll, later on, I'll explain to you a little bit more of, of the work that he did. But I think the, these are very worthy targets. I mean, at the end of the day, also you have to remember that Max Silver is becoming a much, much bigger company than it was when we did the deal with them. You know, I mean, everybody who's following the company, it's, they're going to go into production in what is by far the highest grade uh, uh, silver project in the world. They're going to go into a very different league of company. Uh, you know, the, the projects that we have are, in all fairness, uh, a lot earlier stage. They'll be in a position where they'll be, you know, one of the top silver uh, well, precious metals uh, producers in the world so i think that we have to keep that in mind as well no i just understood i just wanted to get it out there i wanted to have you a chance to explain it to this audience we had lots of questions sent in yeah and i, 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 I say to your audience is that they did they, i mean max was very courteous and 
they gave me uh, plenty of notice. They they consulted with me and said, look, the, the board has taken this decision. And I also, um, um, you know, the, I, w- I was very appreciative uh, of that. Hmm. And they they assured me they you know still committed to uh, to to the company and you know intending to maintain their their current position, which is still they're still a largest shareholder. They own about. Uh, 12.5% of the company. Okay, we've dealt with that point. Um, let's get on to the company which you've, which you've set up and structured. Okay, so there's a lot yeah. to like. Um, cash position at the moment, you, you've got about, what, 10, 11 million we bucks? Closing of uh, end of September, we have 11.7 million. Right, and you got some yeah, warrants have, coming through as well. Correct, yeah, but warrants, I mean, surprisingly, not so much has come in, uh, but it's almost... Um, Roughly equivalent to uh, to the money that we spent since we went public, um, you know, I think something like eight nine hundred thousand dollars came in. Um, however, you know, total value of the warrants, if they were to come in, is roughly another twelve thirteen million dollars. So it's it's, it's significant. And um, but you know, I, I've been very pleasantly surprised at the fact that you know people are holding to both their shares and their warrants. I think people really. Uh, one of the things I'll I'll tell you is we we did make a very big effort to look for investors that that really believed in the project. We stayed a little bit away from too many Canadian investors and, and retail investors. So a lot of our investors are institutional investors, uh, funds in Europe, uh, Australia, uh, North America that are, that are um, you know really dedicated into funding discoveries and looking for projects that have the potential for world-class discoveries. And then a lot of high net worth individuals in, in this part of the world and, and in the US who have been incredibly supportive so far. So I think that is another reason why our, our shares has been, uh, performance has been strong. Yeah. We don't have a huge component of, of retail um, that's um, you know just looking to speculate and make a, a quick uh, return. Yeah, it's interesting. I was, looking, I was looking down at some of the people associated with your company. There's a lot yes. of, finance guys there and i you know i look at the structure it's a fairly tight corporate structure yeah. um you, the gna is not that significant quite frankly um so right. you, you're, yeah. you're looking after what the, the, the market point. messages that's correct and and you know to be to be honest I'm, I'm personally the the largest shareholder of the company and i'm really thinking about the the company as, as a business and what's going to be you know have the, the the biggest alignment with shareholders for me this company represents something quite significant in terms of my net worth. I think it's now, I don't know, like 80% of my net worth. And uh, I'm, you know, really have the full intention of making this uh, work, not just for myself, but for, for all the shareholders. So we, we did try to structure our GNA in the conservative side of, of things, I'm sort of looking at how other uh, Canadian companies do it, that, you know, that a lot of it becomes a, a bit excessive. And you know, having been an investor in, in companies for the better part of a, a decade and, you know, have, sort of having suffered that, we wanted to, um, I mean, to be honest, it was part of the impetus of, of creating this company was, you know, looking at, at the assets and, and putting together the, the, the management team and, and recognizing that, you know, we were able to bring the capital to support these uh, really amazing teams that have, you know, if you look at Peter McGall and his team in Mexico, the, the track record of discovery is just amazing. Yeah, that's good. Um, I just wanted to point that out because it's one of the first things yeah. that we look at. Um, let's let's talk about what you've got. You've got six assets in yes. there, including the recent Nevada uh, acquisition. Yes. So, so, 
Can, can you just kind of run us run us through those and what it is that you're trying to build? Because I'm trying to understand the company that I'd be buying yeah, into absolutely, here. Absolutely. I mean, so there is actually seven assets in the company, but okay. only four of them are significant. The the first two, uh, we generated them, uh, you know, when the company was still private. And it was, um, they're actually very good projects for a very early stage. You know, the, the criteria is the same, is, uh, you know, high-grade silver, um, district scale potential. If you look at the land packages, one of them is like 27,000 hectares. And um, we wanted to have that as, as part of a pipeline, but they're not core to the company. So the moment we're looking for ways to JV or spin out those uh, early stage assets. And then one, one of them is a gold project in Quebec that we inherited as part of the shell. Our, our two main projects are the two projects who came from Max Silver, and that's Gigi and Batopilas. They're both uh, incredible projects in the sense that you know, they're in the context of a district that has historic production and current production. In the context of, um, you know, production, historic production, very, very high grade, very high tonnage over, you know, the better part of 400 years, starting from the Spaniards and then the Americans. And, um, and so that, that, that quality was important to us. And then Max Silver spent about 7 million Canadian dollars in each of our projects. And the work that they did over the time they had the projects was, you know, really looking at the projects uh, uh, you know, from a big picture, uh, trying to narrow down a particular target area. So we inherited a, a tremendous amount of data, a tremendous amount of work. So those two projects are our main focus, Gigi and Batopilas. And then we have two projects that we acquired uh, just in the past couple of weeks. And we acquired both of those on on an option basis recognizing our our cash position the the warrants that potentially could come in and the fact that you know silver could keep rising and we could be in an environment where um you know we will be able to to add more to our portfolio and those two projects are very strong on their own right they follow the same criteria they play to peter mcgaw's strength which is crds it's a crd project in nevada that's geologically very, very similar to our flagship project. And then another project in Mexico that's very close to our flagship project. That's an epithermal uh, project. It's also a former producer with high grade. And it fits really well into our, into our philosophy for the company, into the strengths of our technical team. But in both cases, we did it on a very reasonable deal that's uh, mostly on options. Um, most of the money going on the ground and what, what I feel is, you know, what drives our peer group of stocks is a possibility of high-grade discoveries, high-grade drill intersects that in turn can demonstrate the potential for a silver deposit that's high-grade and, and that has size. So, you know, actually all six of our projects filled that bill. And um, I, I'm actually very pleased with uh, the work that our team did in, in putting all of this together, the financing, the team, the assets. And just, uh, you know, we're fully financed to, to actually drill all of them. Our main focus is going to be Gigi, which is our flagship. And, you know, I'll let tell, give you more details about it. But in terms of the concept of the company, the way we have put it together is uh, with intention of giving shareholders the maximum optionality to, to a rising silver price and also to take advantage of the technical expertise that we have that's really, you know, very unique in terms of we've, created an asset base that's really suitable to the track record of the, of the technical team that we have. 
Okay, but okay, so let's let's stop there because there's a there's a lot to unpackage there. Okay, you're you're talking about okay, you built up a portfolio of silver companies, right? Silver assets, I should say. Sure. Um, you're talking about giving shareholders um, optionality to rise in a rising silver environment, right? Yep. And you've also said we've got enough money to drill them all. Okay, so I I, I need to understand what, what does. Uh, giving optionality in a rising silver market, meaning yeah. the fact that you've got 11 million, just over 11 million bucks in cash. You've got some warrants which may come through which deliver the yeah. same again or there, there, thereabouts. Um, you're going to have to focus at some point. You're yeah. going to have to get focused. You can't be spending a little bit, spreading your money thin, spreading your time thin. So your two projects that you're going to focus on, you're going to be drilling yourselves. Have you any intention on drilling on any of the others, or what, what does this optionality yeah, actually mean? Yeah, I know absolutely. So, the, you know, maybe I'll make it very clear. Our our focus is on on Gigi, which is our flagship asset, and then our focus on on the other three assets that are are also very strong assets is to get them drill ready. And whether we drill them ourselves or not, it, it will you know the market will determine. But what I'm doing as well as as getting the three projects drill ready is I'm uh, approaching a lot of the mid-tier silver producers, a lot of the bigger companies. So th there is the possibility of, of finding uh, a JV or even a strategic partner. Uh, you know, one thing that I have to remember is that we're looking for assets and silver assets. There's like so few of them, so few of them uh, in, in the world. So I think that the opportunity to have these assets is very valuable. And, and I agree with you 100% that, you know, we're, we're going to be very uh, focused into, into Gigi. And then at the same time that with the other assets, we'll get them to a drill-ready stage. The, the drill campaign at Gigi is going to start very, very soon. We're just waiting for our permit. And we're already, like, from the time we applied to, to now, we're already in, in, the, in the time where we should get it, uh, you know, within weeks. So as soon as that uh, first drill campaign uh, gets started, you know that that's going to, um, um, you know that that's going to become obviously the the, the main focus. Okay, so so again, let's just slow it down for everyone. So with Gigi, you're going to spend how much money and drill how many meters, like in, so in the next few months? An initial ten thousand meters. That's starting starting you know in the next couple of weeks. We will. I think that's going to cost us around four point five million Canadian dollars. Um, so, you know, we, we're going to go through this first uh, drill campaign at Gigi plus get all our other assets drill ready and still preserve, you know, more than half of our cash. Right. Okay. So let's stick with Gigi for now. So you're going to, you're going to drill this 10,000 odd meters, spend four, four and a half million bucks on this. Yes. Uh, and then you stop, take a breath, take a look what you've got and what do you expect you will have? Yeah. So look, there's very, I mean, there's very different degrees of success. Um, when you look at the geological model for Gigi, there's a very clear um, goal and target that we're looking for. You know, in these systems, the, they have a chimney system, and then there's a SCARN system. You know, in the case of Gigi, it's a Santa Lale district, which is actually the largest uh, CRD system in Mexico. It has produced something like half a billion ounces of silver, where the grade of the silver was 310 grams per ton silver with 15% lead zinc combined. Now in this system, the all that historic production that I described to you has come only from the chimney system. The scarn has never been found. 
So, you know, a resounding measure of success is if Peters and his team are able to convincingly intersect that scarn, the intrusive rot that goes along with it, because you can quite confidently make a parallel with other CRDs that are, you know, in a belt, you know, almost lined up starting from central Mexico all the way to the Taylor deposit in uh, Arizona, which I'm sure you're familiar with, you know, that South 32 just uh, bought last year for uh, a billion plus. So, you know, we're looking for, for a big target and that would be obviously a, a big measure of success. And then other more moderate measures of success, you know, finding more of these high grade chimneys and having a strong indication. Um, so it, it'll, it, that's, I think, how we'll, obviously, if we hit the mother load in the, in the first drill campaign, you know, we, you know, we, we'll be looking at, at spending another, you know, five, $10 million easily in, in drilling for the, for the follow through. We're looking for a big target. So, um, I think that this first, uh, program for Gigi is going to dictate, um, the, the, the future of the company. Right. It, it. It does, and I, know, I want to come back to a phrase you used earlier, which is yeah, the market will decide. But just again, sticking with Gigi, if you don't hit this mother load, um, how do you decide? Because it's your decision making, not the market. Yes. How much more money you spend chasing this mother load? Yeah, I think I think we we will certainly uh, you know keep keep trying, and you know again we're well funded to do that. We, you know, we, just to give you a sense, the when I discussed originally with Max Silver. The, the basis of the deal was to raise 5 million Canadian because they thought 5 million is about how much it would take you to, to get, to have a good uh, pass at, at the asset. They also didn't want us to just raise two and then, you know, you put two and then you don't find it and then you don't have an opportunity to, to go back and have a follow through program. So, you know, we certainly have, um, we're well funded to, um, to have more than one pass at this. Um, now, keep in mind, you know, a lot of the work that Max Silver did was to narrow down the target area. You know, they started the land package was much bigger than we have. We we still have like four thousand hectares. That land package was a lot bigger, and I think the the part of the work that we have done over the last six months is reinterpreting the geophysics. This uh, you know new technologies that have never been applied to this. So I mean, we have a strong sense of confidence, but you know, it's a very good question, and, and actually, you're the first person who's, I think, asked us this question. <laughs> so, uh, but, you know, absolutely, we'll, I think the, again, like we have to, we'll have to look at what the results come like, come, um, and and then if, if it's, uh, if the program is not successful, then we have to determine how we keep going. But, um, you know, keep in mind, we are in, a, in an area that's, you know, we're surrounded by two producing mines. Uh, one of them is, uh, it's more like a toll milling kind of situation, but the other one is owned by Grupo Mexico. And, and again, like I mentioned to you, there's various degrees of success. We may not find, you know, 50 million ounces of, uh, sorry, 50, uh, 500 million ounces of silver, but, you know, anything you find, you know, that could still be quite significant. Everything that's in that district is very high grade. And that's where I also wanted to talk about different uh, degrees of success. Uh, but the one thing that I did make clear to all our investors, and, and, and I think that's also good for all your listeners to know, is everybody who came into this, like they, they're not look, the type of investors looking for, you know, a small, low-grade silver deposit. Like it's, you know, it, we're looking for a big target. 
Everyone's looking for a big target, but it's a, it's a question of how you go about doing it, and how you apply your resources, your time, your money, doing it. Um, okay, so like I guess we'll find out more after this drill campaign. So let, let's let's park up, Gigi. Um, let's talk about what you said there. You know, the market will decide what you do with the other three um, assets, right? Right. Yeah. Well, I, I, yeah. It's I guess I guess the yeah I guess I guess in a sense yes. Like the the market will will uh, dictate. I mean. You know when when silver started rising, you know we we started you know we started looking at a possibility of especially when when it started hitting thirty dollars, we started looking at a possibility of what happens if if the price goes to fifty or sixty. I I it's way beyond my skill set to to even venture a guess as to whether that could happen or not. But I do think you know when we had a discussion in the board, you know given. The fact that we were able to get these assets on an option basis, we didn't have to pay cash, no shares. Uh, the the cost of maintaining these properties for the next uh, um, you know couple of years is is uh, actually pretty uh, nominal. Um, and the fact that you know we have a very strong technical team, so I I think just in in, in the terms of, of the business sense, given that we have a, a very strong team, you know I am very interested in talking to other companies and seeing if if for instance we could have an alliance with another company or a JV where. You know, we do the exploration, but they put the money, and then that still could add a tremendous amount of value to the company. Okay, and and it's going to be important for you guys, I suspect, who you do those partnerships with, because you, you mentioned earlier, so you're looking for some of the bigger players. There, you're not going to farm out to some other junior with cash flow problems. So, I, I, I know you're looking at the right things as a market yeah. guy. You're looking at the right things. You know, to to that, like one comment that I that I'll make you is, uh, you know, the two especially the other two projects that we have in Mexico, they're literally right in the middle of major silver uh, producing districts. So, you know, in the, the La Reina, which is one of the new assets that we just got, it's 14 kilometers away from, uh, from Sierra Metals that have a very high grade silver mine. And, uh, and then Batopilas is very close to maybe four or five, um, you know, core mining, uh, Sierra Metals is there as well, Newmont. So it's, you know, there are, Right in the middle of uh, major silver districts, so th- this absolutely has uh, value to those companies. That you have to also keep in mind, all all the silver producers have not been able to expand their pipeline. There's uh, they've really been in survival mode, and only now are they for the first time emerging. So that you know, in that context, is that that we decided to follow this strategy. It's interesting, I see, because you're right. We've spoken to a few of the names you just mentioned there. I mean, they have been in survival mode, but now they're in kind yeah. of trying to generate cash and play catch-up mode. Do you think that this yeah. environment, because you're going to have to have an opinion about where silver's going to go. You can't say it's yeah. above your pay grade. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, are those guys being able to, able to raise cash to be able to make acquisitions, or are you going to structure deals where it's just as long as they put money in the ground, you're happy? I would invite anybody to go and go and look at the PA of like you know companies like Max Silver. Look, look at what that like even that company makes you know makes like something like twenty percent IR at uh, at eight dollars silver, something like that, something crazy like that. I mean, when you're talking about a high environment of silver, you know a lot of these companies make a lot of money. Even some of the gold, you know, a lot of the gold companies that are in Mexico. They have uh, you know 20, 30 percent of of the gold is actual silver, you know because they're in Mexico is very typical. A lot of the gold comes with silver, and you start looking into uh, go and look at if, 
if you have an opinion on silver, go and look at what happens to those deposits when silver goes to 30 or, or, or above. And then, you know, in terms of uh, my opinion from silver, you know, being based in Asia, sort of a, at a more intuitive level, I had a very interesting conversation with an Indian smelter uh, last weekend, and they, they bring uh, silver bullion. They were telling me they, India last year, 2019, purchased the equivalent of world production of silver uh, in, in either bullion and dory bars. And because gold has um, come up so much, uh, you know, for a lot of people, when gold gets real expensive, they go to the, what they call the poor man's restaurant of gold, and they start buying uh, silver jewelry and, and silver bullion for savings. Now, the SLV is buying, you know, uh, in the equivalent of one day world production every day for the past few months. Indians are buying the equivalent of world production every day, uh, sorry, every year. And then, you know, 70% of the silver that's used for industrial purposes, a lot of it is coming for China for electronics. Um, coins is in the rise, bullion is in the rise. I mean, you know, it is a very interesting uh, uh, macro environment for silver. And I think, you know, just discussing with, with our board, we did feel that it was important to, um, to set the company up for what could potentially, you know, be a very significant market and you know if that market does not manifest at the end of the day the the projects that we have in addition to our original assets you know we did not uh, have to pay any cash no shares and you know that's what i meant with the optionality okay i'm looking forward to seeing what discussions you are having with who on some of these projects um, i do understand the optionality thing but i'm more excited the fact that you're you're getting focused on projects that you're in control of uh, and you're going to start drilling because I think that's what people are looking for. All, all the structuring that you've done, all of the putting together this portfolio, it's all really good. Good team. Everything I like. You got the cash. Now it's what are you going to do with the drill bit time? So, um, let, Jorge, stay in touch. Let us know how you yeah. get on uh, with, with your uh, drilling and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, thank you. And I appreciate you giving us the opportunity to reach, uh, to reach your audience. And, um, you know, I'll say if anybody wants to learn more about the details of our drill campaign and, and the details of our assets, please do go to our website because we've uh, posted there a technical presentation for each of our assets, as well as uh, some videos with uh, Peter McGaw explaining the, the assets in, in more detail. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast? or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming, and we'll speak to you again soon.